0: Amen. Isn't it good to know that you have Jesus Christ as your Messiah this morning? Amen? Amen. And that's what I'm going to be preaching on this morning is getting God on, getting on the God side. Thankful that we have, as a child of God, we have God on our side. Amen. Everything that we do, everything that we try to accomplish, to do is, uh, no matter if we're in the valley up on the mountain, we know that God is still on our side. When things look bad, He's still on our side. When things are good, we just don't notice as much when things are going good, but God is on our side. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. is uh, Just when God comes through, To God will always come through for us. Amen? And we need to have our faith. There's no way that I could preach this morning. There's no way that we could raise a family. There's no way I could shepherd this church body if I didn't know that God was not going to come through. That God was not on my side. And, and the children of Israel knew this all through the Old Testament. They knew God was on their side. The only time that God wasn't on their side is when they were disobedient. <laughs> when they decided to do things their own way. And you know, that still operates in the same with us today. God is on our side and He'll work for us. And He'll, He'll bless us and bless us. Amen? Amen? Time after time, in spite of ourselves, God still blesses Amen? It just amazes me sometimes how I'm, sometimes when I'm not obedient what I need to be, God still blesses, <laughs> still loves me, still says, I'm still for you, George, I'm not against you. And I love that verse and, and that verse has always stuck with me when I first started preaching is an older man that used to go to church with me years ago said, "Brother George, you need to remember this one verse." He said, "When you're going to start if you're going to start being a man of God and preaching God's word, you're going to need this verse." This verse will bring more encouragement to you than anything anybody ever says. And and I love that verse in Romans 8 chapter 31, "If God be for us, then who shall be against us? Amen? Isn't that a great verse? If God is for us, who can be against us today? And you need to know that no matter what you're going through today, no matter what trial you're going through, if God be for you, who who can be against you this morning? Amen? Let's all stand as we read God's Word this morning in, in Psalms 124. David writes a psalm here. Speaking about God on his side. Talks about God having God on his side. And, and he looks back. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We're going to talk about that today. About we need, When we get in battles and problems in life, we need to look back and see where God's brought us from. We need to see where we're at today, but we also need to look forward to where God is going to lead us. How many of y'all thought about where is God going to lead you this year? Where do you want God to lead you this year? Amen? Where do you, What do you want God to do in your life? How do I have victories? How do I get God's power and presence in every area of my life, every day, Brother George? How do I do that? You need to get on the God side this morning. And look what David said in verse 1 of Psalms. One twenty-four. he says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when the men rose up against us, when they would have swallowed us alive, when their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul, then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as prey to their teeth, Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare or the trap is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just love you today. Lord, I pray that you'll encourage our faith through this word today. There may be some in here that's going through problems, going through battles. They may be in the valleys of life. But Lord... Speak to us through your spirit today and let us know that you're on our side. But Lord, also let us adjust our life and our, the direction our life is going and, and the direction our family's going. And this church body, Lord, help us to get on the God side this morning. And Lord, then, Lord, let us experience your blessings. Lord, we give you the praise here today. Let your spirit just reign in this place. the Holy Spirit move. Speak to our hearts, Lord, if there's someone needs to make a move here today. Lord, you may have been speaking to someone's hearts for weeks and even months about making a move for you. Whatever that is, Lord, give them the courage today by faith to step out and go toward you this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Having God on your side was kind of like the little boy I read about this week. His mama was cleaning kitchen and it was late one night in the summer. And they had a big screened-in front porch, and she was needing to clean the kitchen up, needing to sweep. She said, she said, Billy, go out there on the front porch and get me my broom. It's leaned up on the front porch out there. He come back in and said, Mama, I can't get it. She said, How come you can't get that broom? He said, It's dark outside. And he said, I'm scared of the dark, and I don't want to mess with that broom. She said, Listen, Billy, Jesus is on your side. He's with you everywhere you go. Just go get my broom. He'll protect you. Little boy walked out to the front door and he opened up the front screen door to the front porch and he said, Jesus, if you're out there, will you hand me that broom so I can give it to my mama? Isn't that the way we do? Sometimes we, we, we come in on Sundays and we worship Jesus Christ. We know that He sticks closer than a brother. We just read in Romans where Paul wrote that uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Then as soon as we get out of that service and get that Scripture read to us, we get out there and we're scared to death in the dark. We get in the valley and we get scared to death. And the first thing we do, listen, God wants us to realize that He is on our side. <laughs> listen, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. The world is not on your side. If you're a child of God, it's not on your side. And the quicker that we can realize that, the quicker we can get in direction and, and walk in the will of God and the purpose of God that He has for our lives now the world 's system is not for us you 've got friends out in the world i 've got friends out in the world that 's lost and does not know jesus christ they 're still my friend, I still love them but the world 's system is not set up to be our friend all you got to do is watch the news. They're not the Christian's friend. (laughs) Well, it got quiet, didn't it? (laughs) Oh, but we'll go out and shout everything else at a ball game, but we won't stand up and say they're not our friend. Amen? (laughs) The world is not our friend. And you know who's behind it? (laughs) Satan. Satan. Satan is behind the world system. So it's not our friend. That's why you have to have your walk and your faith. In Jesus Christ. You say, Brother George, what do you want me to You still got to work in this world. You got to make a living in this world. You got to have a job. Where... Listen, you're still going to go to Walmart when you leave here today. Amen? I'm not telling you to boycott Walmart, Kroger's, and get a cave and a bunch of food and go to the mountains and pray that Jesus comes back. All right? You still got to make a living, but we don't have to be. Listen, we got to be in the world. Paul said this in Romans 12, but not of the world. Amen? Amen. You've got to know where your boundaries are. Amen. <laughs> You've got to know where you're... If, God, if you're going to feel like God is on your side, you need to know where your boundaries are and where God has the boundaries set for you. And really, you say, Brother George, that's why I don't like the Bible. It feels like it's a bunch of do and don'ts and do this. and Listen, if you feel like God's Word is a bunch of do's and don'ts, you're in the wrong walk with Jesus. Amen. I hear people tell me that all the time. Well, that Bible stuff is a bunch of do's and don'ts. And No, you know what it is? It's thus saith the Lord Amen. is what it is. Yes. Listen, in boundaries there's freedom. Whether you know it or not, God has that Word. You'll experience more freedom in the boundaries of God than you will walking in this world system on your own. You'll experience more freedom in Jesus Christ than you've ever experienced before. Amen. Yes. Yes. And that's why David was writing in Psalms 124, he said, Thank God He was on our side. Thank the Lord He was on our side. And he's looking back and he says, I thank God He was on my side when them ambush attacks came upon me. Listen, the devil's not going to jump up and say, Tim, I'm going to attack your family Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Be there. He doesn't do that. They are subtle surprise attacks. And David's praising God here and said, Thank God he was on my side when I didn't see it coming, but Jesus Christ had my back. He knows, listen, Jesus this morning knows every move you make. He's watching. Listen, he's a refuge, he's your buckler, he's your salvation. And David said, I'm thankful for them surprise attacks that God was there. Then then I read on down, and I love that part where he said, he said, and then, sometimes life is like a flood. How many of you ever feel like life's been a flood? The water gets slower and rises slowly and slowly. I mean, man, and then when it gets so high, have you ever seen the river's flood? We fish a little creek up in... Above Mount Ida, Arkansas, up in Sims, it, it's a little old creek. They call it Fiddler Creek. Yeah. I love going to Fiddler Creek and fishing. In the summer, I'll get my shorts and shoes, and, and me and Hunter will get out there with our little, man, we got some little baits on there, little, little beetle spins, we call them. Some of y'all fish know what they are. Little jigs, and we'll stand out there, and we'll fish. And this year, while we was fishing, we went up about a month and a half after the big flood earlier in the summer we had. And I really didn't believe it, but as I was fishing, I looked up there. And Hunter, me and him was looking, and and I told my father-in-law, I said, "How did that limb get way up? That limb was forty foot up in that tree. It was a big old—I mean, big old limb hanging up in that tree." And it's Oh, I said, and, and Bob said, "George, that's when that flood come through here. The flood—I said the flood waters got that high to bring that limb. It was devastating what that flood did." When it finally breaks loose, and it has, it just it just takes everything in its sight. And David said, "Sometimes when I live life, I feel like a flood's coming after me." And then he goes on down and says, "Then the swollen waters have gone over my soul." Sometimes, how many? times it feels like you're about to drown. Yes. Come on now, I'm preaching on real life. Amen. People say, "Well, Christians, if you know Jesus, you shouldn't get depressed." I got a Greek word for that. It's called hogwash. <laughs> Amen? Christians get depressed in life. Well, I got Jesus my Savior. I should never get depressed. No, you get depressed, you get down, and sometimes you feel like the floodwaters are coming up and you're about to drown. It's called life. That's why we need to know then that God is on my side. That's what David is saying. God is on my side. No matter what I'm going through. Then he goes on down. I love it. it. says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Now, when I say prey to their teeth, what's the first animal that you think of has got big teeth? Shark. I don't have none name in my pond. Amen. Alligator. What has big teeth? Beavers. Okay. Last time he read in the paper, guy gets chewed leg off by a beaver. <laughs> a lion, the king of the jungle, a tiger. David said. Sometimes the Bible says in 1 Peter five eight that Satan, the devil, our adversary, is like a roaring lion, seeking, just slipping along and watching and see at the right moment when he can pounce on you. And David said, sometimes life feels like a tiger, a lion. And then I love that last part. It says, our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. Sometimes David says, I feel like a bird in a trap. How many lives sometimes you feel like you've been trapped? When you get stressed out, you feel like you're in a box trap. I know How many of y'all grew up trying to trap a bird? Hunter's already told me, if it snows this afternoon, Dad, we gotta fix a box trap out back. He's got the bird seed ready. Some of y'all say, What do y'all do out there in the country? We trap birds. Amen. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> but I remember as a kid, I'd sit up in my mom and dad's house and they had a sliding glass door, and we'd put a box, and I'd have a fork and stick on that box, and I'd even put a little rock on top, and I'd boy, he's watching. Running a string. <laughs> And I'd run the string back in the house, and I'd shut the door, and I'd peek through. They'd come to get that bird seed, and as soon as he'd come, I'd jerk the string, and boom, the box would fall down, the bird would be flying in there. I had a blast catching birds. It's a country thing, but it was fun. And David said, sometimes I feel like life comes, and just the string is jerked, and the box falls down. It feels like I'm boxed in. It feels like no matter how hard I try to live for God and do the right thing, the trap falls. But then he turns around when he feels like he's boxed in. He turns around in the very next word in the very next verse, the snare is broken. Go go back to that. Our soul is escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken. The trap has been broken. I am, And David, listen, I am, thank God today that the sin trap over my life has been broken by Jesus Christ. When He went to the cross over 2,000 years ago, He broke the trap. No, everybody was doomed. Everybody was set to fall into the trap. But Jesus Christ came and died upon the cross and gave His blood, His life, that you and I should be free. He became the ultimate sacrifice. He said, open the trap. And when He did, now listen, just because He died doesn't make it unique. He also died and resurrected three days later. That makes him Jesus. And so now through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he says, I have went to the, to the... When he was in the tomb, he said, I went to hell, and I took the keys of death, and I broke that trap. Amen. I have set them free. And I love David said, he had, the snare is broken and we have escaped through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then in the next verse, our help... Our help help is in the name of Jesus. Our help is in God. God is on my side. Why? Because He made the heaven and the earth and He spoke everything into existence. If you cannot claim that verse this morning, you're going to have a hard week. If you can't have faith and believe this morning that God is on your side, you're going to have a tough week you're going to come home Monday depressed and down and out because you're going to leave here's what the devil usually does we get in a service like this and he he convicts us and moves us and we come to the altars we make commitments how many of y'all has made a commitment when you come to this altar and pray during service? Jesus, I'm going to do this. Lord, I'm going to do this better. Lord, I commit this to You. And, 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 and man, you feel good when you when God forgives you and, and you commit to Him. It's like a fresh start. He always gives us fresh starts. Amen. And then I walk out them doors and about Tuesday or Wednesday, I hear the lion roaring. About Monday, some dude ambushes me on the job. Then I hear a lion roar. And then I hear the water trickling. and all of a sudden, the the damn bust is on me by Thursday. Amen? Amen. I'm talking about real life, folks. And then by Friday, I feel like a bird in a trap, and I'm saying, I'm ready for the weekend. (laughs) This has been a bad week. But then I realize, when I have faith in Jesus Christ, that He is on my side. Not only when I'm on the mountain, but also when I'm in the valley... God is on my side. And we need to realize that this morning, that listen, God, I, I'm going to keep saying it, because you're going to go out of here saying God is on my side, and I committed to Him, and you're going to be depressed by next Friday. And then Saturday rolls around, and it's your day off, and you're so glad to be at home. Saturday felt so good, I think I'll just take Sunday off too. <laughs> And the devil says, all because of Thursday, I messed her up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or him. But David said, bless God. He's on our side. If God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Amen? Who? That's pretty big name. Anything in this world, there's nothing that can be against you. No angels, nor death. Because the trap has been broken. Death can't even hold a child of God. That's what I love about when I do funerals. I don't love them, but I have to do them because it's under my job title, amen? And there's no greater, when I do a, a funeral for someone that was a child of God and they knew Jesus Christ, I know wherever they're at in that casket where we put them in the ground at the end of the service and i walk off and shut my Bible and we leave a cemetery, I know without a doubt that the trap of death is not holding them in that ground. Amen. I know that when they passed away, that their spirit went to be with Jesus. He's not going to stay in that coffin till whenever, you know, a certain well, we gotta make sure they're dead. Listen, Jesus broke the trap of death. And one day the trumpet is gonna sound. And the great evidence is that Jesus broke that trap. One day the trumpet is going to sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen, what if Jesus came tomorrow? We would be alive, right? And the Bible says one day that God, I love that song that the praise team sings, Midnight Cry. One of these days, God is a very patient God. To sit on His throne and look at the world we live in, He's patient. To look at our world system, He's a patient God. Because if it had been left up to me, I'd have said, He's gone. (laughs) 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 Amen? Amen. There's some CEOs I don't like. (laughs) He's gone. (laughs) There's some people in Congress. (laughs) They're gone. (laughs) Sometimes it's even all the way to the top. He gone. <laughs> Amen. If I was God, man, I'd have this world a wreck. If I was God. Because I'd do everybody else. If I didn't like you, you gone. <laughs> Amen. Be on the job Monday morning, you say something I don't like, you gone. <laughs> With a flip of the thumb, that's all he's got to do. I go fishing with Larry Vaughn. He catches more fish than I do. You gone? Amen. Amen, Larry. Now I, I got to keep you, brother. Someone talks bad about my preaching. They don't like this preacher at Pleasant Hill. They gone. There's always going to be a struggle, and God is a patient God. Because he knows in the midst of that struggle, there may be a soul in a service like this that does not know Christ. And I say, God, why are you so patient? Won't you just call your children home? And he says, George, there's someone maybe in your service that will be this Sunday that probably does not know Jesus as their Savior, and I'm patient and I'm merciful. There's some people that God has given opportunity After opportunity, after opportunity, he says, They're going to be in one more position and I got to give them opportunity. If that had been up to me, I'd have said, They gone. Amen? But God loves us. He's a merciful God. His love is with an everlasting love. Amen? And we need to know that God is on our side. Because one day, God is going to say, That's it. Sound the trumpets. Jesus, go get my church. Bring my children home. Amen. And that's gonna be it. And one day the is gonna sound. The dead in Christ will rise first, and if it happened tomorrow and we're alive, we're gonna go up after them. Amen. Can you imagine driving down the road and, and I may be on the way home from church and I'm going over Old Bear Road and I look over at Cunningham Cemetery and boom the graves are just busting open. Amen. And then those that are alive and rain will follow up thereafter. That's a promise by God. Amen. Amen? And so we need today, We listen, God's on our side, but we need to help others that are in this church. Amen. We need to help them and show them that God is on their side. Amen. Yes, we all mess up. Yes, we all fall. But we need to know that God is on your side. There's just some stuff you've got to get together in your life. And I love that about the story. In the Old Testament, this story is for our church today. It's in Exodus chapter 17. Michelle, can you go to that one? I love the story about Moses and Joshua and Aaron and a man y'all probably never heard of called Hur, H-U-R. Hur. You say, who is Hur? I'm fixing to tell you who Hur is. (laughs) Hur was probably the most important man In this bunch. But I love this right here. The Israelites have done come out of the promised land. There's 17 chapters before this. God heard the cries of His people in Egyptian bondage. They cried and said, Lord, deliver us from this bondage. They didn't just now. Sometimes God allows us to get to the point where we have to cry out to Him in our stresses of life. When we feel trapped and boxed in, God don't want a little now to lay me down to sleep. He wants you to cry out. And say, Jesus! I can't take this burden no more! Lord, we're in bondage. Help us do something, Lord, by Your mighty hand to free us from this Egyptian bondage. And in in Exodus 2.24, it says, God remembered. He heard their prayer, He heard their cry, and He remembered the covenant that He had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, I made a listen, when God makes a covenant with you, He does not break it. I don't care how far you run from Jesus. I don't care how far down Skid Row you go. God is going to be, you cry out to Him, God's going to be by your side in just one second. Ready to lift you up. I don't care how bad life's got around you. But sometimes we got to humble ourselves and... and It might amaze you. Sometimes you may have to fall on your face and cry to Jesus. You say, "Well, Brother George, I've been praying to him like that. I mean, he's not answering me. What kind of prayer have you been praying? If you're like me, most of the time when I'm in (laughs) trouble, dear Jesus, come help me real quick. You know, hey, I'm your preacher. I need you. How am I going to preach this Sunday, Lord, if I don't know you're on my side? And God says, sometimes I want you to get off your high horse, George. (laughs) And get on your knees and sometimes maybe on your face and cry out to me. I want you to lose everything in this world that you have to put all your trust in me. When all this world system has failed you, then you'll know that I'm the one true God. For every situation. We have to do that every day, guys. We'll go three or four weeks and we think it's us. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Boy, I can't believe I got this house. Man, I can't believe we've done this. I can't believe we have this church. We don't. God did it. I can't believe I got this business I got. God give it to you. Because he's by your side. And for seventeen chapters from that chapter one, they cried out to him. God remembered them. God sent a man called Moses to come in. And through, through a series of miracles, release the people from Egyptian bondage. Boom. They're gone. Then they go to the Red Sea. They get caught between the Red Sea and the Egyptians. Moses says, People don't distress. If God can do them miracles and release us from Egypt, He can He's gonna fight, He's gonna make a way. Even when I don't see the way, God can make the way. Amen. These people stood at the Red Sea, and it was a lake. They didn't walk up there with the walls departed. It was an ocean. A sea. And Moses says, guys, listen. Have faith. God is on our side. And they're going, Moses, you're crazy. Well, they're coming hundreds and thousands of chariots. They're going to kill us and we can't run nowhere. What did Moses do? He turned to God and said, God, I cry out to you one more time. And he said, Moses, that rod you got in your hand, I want you to stand up on the edge of the bank right there and hold it up. Stand still. He said, here's what I want you to tell the people. Because they're all back here griping, complaining. There's some of them hungry. Church ain't out yet. They're ready to go. <laughs> Service too long. The preacher's too loud. He said, be quiet. Stand still and see the salvation of our God. Amen. And God started working and parted the ocean. They left there and got on the other side. He's think, wow, man, we ought to be happy. Yeah. They go a little bit further. They get in the desert. They get thirsty. They start complaining again. Moses speaks to a rock. The rock puts forth water. Then a little later, they travel in the desert more, and they're hungry. God sends manna to come down and feed them. Now they come to the place, that riphidim, right here. At Rephidim is a a group called the Malachites. The Malachites are idol-worshipping people. The Perjites, the Malachites, the Jebusites, and even the Termites. They're all in there. These are (laughs) idol-worshipping tribes. This one here is trying to do a, a, a surprise attack around back of Israel. And Moses goes and prays to God. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. We all have a Ameliech in our life. An Ameliech is something that's trying to cause spiritual harm. It's trying to pull you out of the will of God. Trying to see you walk. It's pulling you far enough that it will get you out of the purposes of God. Every day we fight Amalekites. I don't care how happy you are when you leave here today, how much the Holy Spirit touched you, by tomorrow, the Millikites are going to sneak up on you. And they're going to start slowly, but slowly, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and by Friday of next weekend, we're going to be a lot further from God than we was today. And look what happens here. Go to the next verse, Michelle. It says that Moses said to Joshua, "Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek." Tomorrow, I will stand on a hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him, and they fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand in Israel that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, the enemy started to win. But Moses' hand became so heavy that they took a stone and they put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands. One on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amiliak and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for memorial in the book and recount it as a hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amiliak from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name the Lord is my banner or Jehovah Nissi. That means banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, The Lord will have war with the Amalekites from generation to generation. He said, count on it. Every generation is going to fight an Amalekite. You fought it growing up. We fight it today. Your kids and grandkids and their grandkids will fight an Amalekite. But I love this. Somebody says, well, Moses kind of copped out here. He said, God told me, go fight Joshua. And I'm going up on a hill. And he goes up on a hill. And he stands there with the rod of God. And as long as the rod of God was up, Joshua and the Israelites were they were winning. But it's like everybody else in here today, we get tired. The world wears us out. The world nags you. The world irritates you. Amen. How many of y'all have ever been irritated? Some of y'all didn't raise your hand. You're irritated now. Probably at me. (laughs) We all get irritated. And and remember that God's on... How did He know that God's on your side? The very first thing you need to do is look back and see how God pulled you up and give you past victories. Remember... Remember when God come through for you. You say, Brother George, is being... Phew. Remember... Remember when something was out of your hands? There was no way about it. If, if, if anything's going to happen, it was going to be a God thing. He's saying, Moses, remember. Tell them people, remember what I did in Egypt. What I did with the ten plagues in Egypt. What I did across the Red Sea. How water came out of a rock. How bread and quail come to them. Remember, God is on your side. And some of us this week, you're going to be in a dark place. You're going to have to look back and remember where God brought you from. I may not be where I need to be, but I'm a whole lot better than what I used to be in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the rest of it, dear Jesus, I need you to walk with me every day. Lord, teach me to be obedient. Help me to trust in you if I'm going to make it to the next level. And this is what I love about the next level. If you don't ever go to the hilltop and pray, you'll never get above your problems. It's not about how talented you are, how good you can preach, how good you can sing, how much you have the gift of gab, how much you can do ministry. You'll never get above what you're going through until you learn to get on the hilltop first. And see, when Moses was on the hilltop, he was above the problem. A lot of us can't get above the problem... Because we try to fight it in our strength. But when we pray, that's why I prayer. <laughs> Listen guys, prayer is not something you bless food with. It's a lifestyle. God, I need you. God, you say, well, Brother George, he's going to get tired of me saying I need him. Your wife might get tired, but he's not. not. Amen? Your husband may get tired, but God does not. So, as Moses, I love this, as Moses was interceding, as long as he kept interceding and his hand stayed up, Israel kept winning. But as soon as he started getting tired, all of a sudden, and can you imagine Moses? He's just about, he can't do it on his own no more. He's trying and he's trying to hold it up, and I believe he propped it. And, but he could not get it back up. See, in the Old Testament, a lot of times they prayed with their hands up. And he needed to be here for total victory, but he could only get to here. And a lot of us are that way. We can't annihilate that devil because half the time we're right here. God wants it here. And so here's what they did. Come here, Moses. Whew. Hey, Ronnie, you and Tim want to help me preach? Preach. I woke, I woke Tim up. Come on, Tim Trahan. Remember, God's for you, not against you. Alright, come over here, Her. This is her. <laughs> All right, Moses. Here's what they did. He couldn't. He was getting tired. And so they set him down on a rock. And to keep him up. There you go. Grab a hold of that staff. They propped his hands. They put one hand under his arm. There, you got to hold him up there. There you go. And as long as they did that, the Bible says that until the sun went down, Israelites won the battle. Now listen guys, this is a picture of what our church should be. There's a lot of churches that do not look like this. All they hear, listen, if God's going to make the church we need to be, we've got to care about each other. Amen. I pray to God I'm more than just on the bulletin for you. Shame on us. If all that prayer list is on the bulletin is just to say, Well, that's nice. Our church, our church and troops, Randy Brady, Mike Cozart, Charles Chapman, Crumpton family, John Darnell, if that's all we do is read that, you're not holding the rod of God up on a hilltop. Listen, I get a lot... Listen, these people here are just as much warriors as Joshua was down in the valley but we don't look at it that way. There's times that I could not continue to preach God's Word, could not lead this church and do ministry without some hilltoppers. (laughs) That's good. We need some hilltoppers. You don't know how many people write me cards, send me emails, give me texts, and it says, Brother George, we're praying for you. We're praying for Mevlin, We're praying for Hunter. And we're praying for the church. We love you. Keep leading. And I can keep leading because they're holding my hands up. But there's a lot of churches that just do church. And this isn't their position. Let go, let go, let go, let go. Let go over here. You can go over here. He's a pastor. He can handle what we pay him for. You know, and then the next comment, that's pretty good though. Just go with me. Amen. Right there. You know, Brother George can keep doing that. He's there all the time. I don't have time. I got four kids. We got ball games. We got this. All of a sudden, it goes down a little lower. And then you hear about prayer. Some of y'all may have heard about praying and fasting, but we really don't believe it works, so we're not going to try it. And then Brother George gets tired, and then, and then his hand gets lower. And I'm telling you, if Moses fails, Aaron and her fail. If they fail, Israel fails. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. If I fail, you fail. Amen. And I truly believe that. And that's the burden that God puts on a pastor. How many of y'all agree? Amen. Hey, that's a burden I accept. God called me. I knew there'd be a burden, but I also come here, her and Aaron. I need people in this church that'll hold up hands to say, "Hey, you're not only my pastor; you're my brother in Christ, and I love you." And you're going through a hard time. I want to raise your hand up. I want to help you through this. It's called burden carriers. More than just when we come in at service. And some of us know there's people in the hospital right now that has cancer. But if all that is is a thought to you, you are not a, you're not an Aaron and a her. Amen? Amen? If you hear someone in the church that needs help, that's burdened down, they're just going through this, and all it is is a piece of paper to you, we don't have much of a church. It's more than showing up on Sunday and looking pretty with all the lights and I'm up front preaching. If that's all church is to you, brother and sisters, you're not having much church. What if Levi and Mary, and I pray nothing never bad happens, but if something happened to Levi or Mary, how much would our church rally around them and hold their hands up? When we lose someone to death in this church, how many people goes by and lift their hands up? When someone has marriage problems in this church, how many of us hold their hands up? You have no idea by us praying on a hilltop and holding the rod of God up? How many marriages you might save? How much our church ministry could grow? How much someone that's walked away from God and they're getting cold would bring them back? How many wrecks your children might stay out of? I pray every day. Hunter started driving three weeks ago, and I've actually went out. You can call me. I don't care. I want to, I want to know God's on my side.
1: Amen. I went out and
0: laid hands on his hood, Levi. It's scary. Some of y'all are going, I don't know what he's talking about. You turn your kids loose out in the world and see if it isn't scary. Well, yeah. you've just been babying on you too. We all baby them. I know some of y'all great parents out there going, well, we don't baby our kids. We never did that. They're gonna go down the right path and never get pregnant, never do this. And yours will be the first one to come to the church and be pregnant. I love great Christian parents like that. They got it all and know it all. Amen. I'm a pastor of this church and I don't know it all. And I don't have it all. Look here. Here's another one. Holding him up. Amen. This is what church is about. It's not about a message being preached. But when you see a need, you go and help hold their hands up. That's what it's about. Well, Brother George told me I gotta go check on them. No, Holy Spirit, come down and show this church what it means to hold hands up. Yes. Amen. We got Mitch Weatherford in the hospital right now. How many has went up and held his hands up? I don't like his preaching. I don't care. I'm gonna keep preaching. I got you. You can't lock the door in the back, boys. <laughs> Don't let them out. Lee Gibson's in the hospital. Let's hold their hands up. Because sometimes without these guys, we fail. Man, Hunter is driving. I laid hands on that truck. And I pray, Lord God, listen. You didn't let him be born at a pound six ounces for nothing. Lord, you keep your hands upon him in this truck. You keep a shield around him because he's a boy and he's a teenager. And God says, thus saith the Lord, I know. (laughs) Amen. He's a preacher's kid, but he's going to be out there in some stuff he shouldn't be in. So don't call me if you see him. I I know. Amen. I can't believe the preacher's kid's out doing that. You know, preacher's kid just shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hunter's at the stage now in his walk where he's heard his daddy preach his whole life. But there's going to come a point where i got to let him go and say, Hunter, get your own faith. Amen. And there's going to be a time when he's not close to Jesus. How do you know, Brother George? Brother, I wish I could have run with you when we got teenagers. We'd have killed this town. Amen? Where were you at 18, my friend? We've got to learn to hold their hands up. And I'm keeping them up here for a reason. <laughs> Because sometimes, battles don't go away with one little prayer. If God's going to continue to use this church, we've got to have a spirit of love. You know, people's gonna, people say already, yeah, that's a great church down there. Man, God's in that church. Why do they say God's in this church? It's not because of the lights and the special music. It's not because of the preaching. They do it because people get up and go help somebody. Hey, the person sitting right next to you is probably going to some, through something right now that you don't even know about. Well, Brother George, you know they put their self there. You know, that's a, that doesn't matter. Whether they did it or not, that... I'm glad Jesus didn't look at me that way. Well, George put himself there. But Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to die on the cross for him anyway. I'm going to go the extra mile for him anyway. That'll preach for itself. I don't have to say another word. Heavenly Father, we thank You today. Lord, take the blinders off our eyes. Lord, open our eyes that we may truly see what it means to be a church. Lord, we're headed in the right direction. But Lord, there's still some people that's not getting it. They're just not on board. Lord, I pray that You would do a a Holy Spirit change in their hearts today. Lord, we got people in this church that go through stuff every week. Slow us down enough, Lord, that we can stop and help lift them up. Because, Lord, it's not about I and me and myself, but it's about us. Us as this body here. Lord, there's someone out here right now that needs their hands lifted up and sit in these chairs. They may not have said nothing to nobody. They may not have told nobody. But Lord, Your Spirit knows exactly. And I pray that You would convict us and move us to help raise their hands this morning. There's someone here going through a bad marriage. Or they may be having problems in their marriage that nobody knows. Lord, help us to lift their hands this morning. There may be someone in this church that needs healing. Oh, Brother George, healing. Yes, my God does that too. My God is also called Jehovah Raphi, which means healer. Lord, I pray that you would touch them. Lord, there's heartaches, there's burdens here that people are carrying in this building. Help us raise each other's hands here at this altar call. Let us forget everything and remember what God has done in our past, what He's doing now, but Lord, what He wants to do in the future. Let us look ahead. Build our faith this morning, Lord. Put something special in our church this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Altars are come. These guys are still here. Everyone stand. The praise team's going to play. Hey, we still got room at the altars. If you want to come and help hold this group up, come and help hold this group up, we'll just spread it out right here. But let God be God. There may be someone right beside you that you know that's going through something rough this week. Go ask them if you can pray with them. Amen? This is what it's about. Bringing our burdens and lifting them up to the Lord. None of us are better than anybody else in here. We all have problems. Amen? It's all level at the foot of the cross. let God be gone when's the last time you brought your burden to Jesus Christ maybe you're tired of fighting that situation by yourself won't you get God on your side this morning Amen? you can't fight it in your strength no more God says he works all things out to the good to those that love him that are called according to his purpose this morning It's going to work it out in His timing. But you've got to give Him your heart. Give Him your faith this morning. Come right where you're at.